I'm not in the business of virtual assistant sourcing. I'm in the business of giving you time and giving you freedom. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Anna Lee. Anna, how are you doing today? Hi, Todd. I'm doing well. Awesome. Thank you for having well, me. Yeah, great having you. Anna uh, is the owner of Outsource Your Tasks. Uh, she's a real estate investor, senior director of strategy and pharma, uh, entrepreneur, just mom of three active boys. So she is a busy lady and uh, realized she was wasting a lot of time on these tedious tasks and, and really not having time for herself family and decided to do something about it. So that's where she discovered the power of virtual assistance and was hooked right away and uh, and started uh, Outsource Your Tasks. And Anna's very passionate about sharing her knowledge uh, on how to hire and uh, scaling and, and reclaiming your time. So uh, with that said, Anna, why don't you give a little bit about your background and then we'll, we'll dive into uh, what you're up to today. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so my husband and I immigrated to United States in 2005 and kind of started from very humble beginnings, uh, had minus $3,000 to our name. Uh, that's how we kind of started here and quickly dive in into the uh, corporate life, uh, both him and I. Uh, kind of thought that that's the way to go, you know, <laughs> the, the usual approach. I uh, thought that that's the American dream until we realized that there's another so like hidden and secret American dream <laughs> that you uh, don't have to work for someone. Um, my husband, I think, uh, stopped working uh, for um, a company back in 2016, and that's when he dabbled into uh, real estate investing in the form of flipping. Uh, but in 2017, I was offered a um, expatriation project kind of type of job in Switzerland. So our whole family decided to move for, for about four years. But that initial hook was was there for my husband to be sort of kind of addicted to real estate and understand the power of, you know, wealth creation and uh, creating a financial freedom. So he continued to flip while we were in, in Switzerland. He just had boots on the grounds here locally. He, he um, was flipping locally? In, he, he was, yeah, in flipping locally here to Philadelphia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we quickly realized, oh, my gosh, we can we can do it from anywhere in the world. Um, so we spent four years there. And, you know, I came back with my um, corporate assignment back here. You know, we came back to Philadelphia. Um, and as we were progressing, you know, where we I was still in Switzerland, I kind of was looking at him and, you know, we were always kind of together and provided some support for finding the deals or financial um, sort of kind of funding of any of the deals. Uh, but, you know, slowly but surely, I was getting addicted to that myself. And um, before we moved, I started a wholesaling company because I wanted to kind of feed my husband with more deals. And that's where I got exposure to virtual assistants in general, or just support outside of, you know, your traditional employment, um, because I wanted to, you know, do that, but yet I was still employed and we were overseas, we had time zones, so it was just a, a lot of nuances. So I had to hire virtual assistants and I just had to learn how to be great at it to scale. 
Um, and then we came back to the United States in 2021 um, and continued to expand in long-term rentals and then short-term rentals. Um, and in 2022, about a year and a half ago, I actually was able to quit my job. Um, and so uh, pretty excited about that. And, uh, you know, my wholesaling kind of uh, was a very slow operation. We got some deals out of that. But what came out of this is the, the whole new entity, which is the company that I own right now is Outsource Your Tasks. And I'm just all about now helping busy business owners to uh, be less in the business and kind of more uh, around the strategy and scaling. So in a nutshell, that's the story where I am right now. Yeah, I love it. So, you know, it's funny. You, I found myself, now I didn't hire a bunch of virtual assistants, but I found myself becoming a better business owner when I actually was doing my business from remotely. And because you have to delegate and it sounds like you did something very similar. You're, of course, across the ocean, right? But you're you had to figure out how can you find other people to to help you. You're busy, like it just doesn't work. Um, and so you to do that, there's big big advantage sometimes of removing yourself from the business or forcing yourself to remove yourself from the business because it does force you to think outside the box. I think it's so easy for at least for me, for most entrepreneurs to just feel like you have to do everything yourself. Yes. Yes. It, I think that's, that's the burden for a lot of us. You know, the notion that, you know, why do I have to pay someone or why do I have to train someone? The burden of time that I'm going to spend to train someone to do something. Uh, I think that's the, one of the probably common uh, misconceptions that a lot of the business owners that start talking to me, you know, like that they're just like, why do I even need to do that? Yeah. Right. And I said, well, how much free time do you have? How much really free time do you have? Right. And, and and in the end, they do realize, yes, we're doing some tasks that somebody could be doing faster, cheaper, better, you know, you name it, uh, or it will allow you to scale and and not to stay at that like starter point of your business or just kind of mid-level of business. So how does how does your company outsource your tasks? Uh, how how does that you know, how does that work? Like if I'm going to come to you and I say, Hey, I, I need some help here. Where, where do you guys start? Do you help identify those areas? Do you help? How do you come into play? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, the initial call uh, that I have with a business owner that uh, normally starts with one idea that they had in mind. And then we kind of end in point B, right? It nor normally just transitions. Um, because I, I ask questions in, in exactly what they're trying to accomplish, right? It's it, everything sort of kind of goes back to your why, right? And what comes secondary. So mm -hmm. I get sometimes calls and they say, well, I'm overwhelmed with, I don't know, lead generations or I'm overwhelmed with just, you know, just house management, whatever that is, right? Um, and then we kind of start peeling the onion. Um, and then we realize sometimes that it's, it's not the one type of activity, it's the other type of activity that actually drains the most energy out of that person. Hmm. Or they think that they need to have, um, I don't know, like a salesperson, but then we'll quickly realize, but they're not enough leads, right? Like who you're gonna, tr you're gonna find a salesperson, but like, what are they really gonna do, right? So we're kind of yeah. like trying to identify those zones um, and really 
find the avatar uh, avatar of the person that you're actually looking for. Um, after that conversation, it's fairly simple, you know, for the person to know how many hours they need to hire for and who do they need to hire. And sometimes we're actually scaling down either on the hours or number of people, and sometimes we're scaling up. The reason why we would scale down is um, the reality is the person's really not ready. They they haven't even outlined the list of items of what needs to be outsourced, right? So I kind of give a little bit of a homework and I say, go back and just try to create that list. And then yeah. they come back and they say, actually, it's not enough. Like it's it's not enough for me to fully uh, like fill in the forty hour week. But other times, I hear people um, asking for um, pretty much a unicorn, right? I need a salesperson and they also need to be a bookkeeper and they need to do social media <laughs> and they need to be a little bit of HR. And in, in that kind of way, I need to burst a bubble a little bit, right? Because, um, yeah. you know, that person just really doesn't exist. Or They're not going to be good at anything if they do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and then we parse it out and then we, I just kind of say, what's the most important? Sometimes you do highlight the most important item and you just hire that one specialist and other times they just hire, end up hiring four people, right? So it's, it's uh, that's how we start the conversation. It's always me on the phone with a business owner. Um, that's the only part that I haven't outsourced because I really, really enjoy that, you know, Hmm. Uh, that's the part of my job that I don't consider being a job because I really, really get a kick out of this. It's almost like, you know, a therapy session for me. Right. Um, but then once we get all the requirements, um, uh, we, we, we have the business owner fill out the form, um, based on the conversation that we just had. And then the form goes directly to my team. And then from that point on, my team is just handling the whole process, right. They'll create a job description. They'll post on all the job post boards. Uh, we source internationally. Primarily, we sort of looking into Philippines only uh, in the very beginning, uh, only because the pool of um, virtual uh, avail uh, available virtual assistants is kind of pretty big. But we've expanded to Latin America, I Egypt, you know, India, Eastern Europe, and you know, the process is that they would post on all the relevant job post boards. And then they will start the interview process because, you know, the whole process of kind of narrowing down to the right candidates to even be interviewed, um, any given job post is actually about 100 candidates would apply, right? Mm -hmm. So my team will go in and use the, you know, method that we developed in, in our company. They will just narrow down to the 25 candidates, right? And then they will interview 25 and then we would only present the top three candidates to the business owner, right? So my whole notion is I'm trying to get that headache, right? That whole process of sourcing out of the business owner, right? And deliver them a package, right? That's a turnkey sort of like mini HR transaction of recruitment where they don't have to kind of deal with that. In the end, when they have the package, they have recorded interviews, disc profiles, and, you know, resumes, everything that they need to start and hire, um, so we, we always tell business owners, you can re-interview if you want, like if, if there's anything specific that you want to ask, but we're trying to sort of kind of get that portion out of their hands too, so that there's not yet another thing for them to do. One of my biggest hesitations with using virtual assistants is they're not here. I can't, I can't, you know, see them and, um, they're potentially in the Philippines or they're who knows where, right? They're, they're somewhere other than in my backyard. Um, and so that's, that's been a hesitation. The other hesitation has been, 
you know, how do you find and ensure that you've got the top talent um, with a virtual assistant? So how do you combat those two things with people's hesitation? I'm, and maybe there's other really, you know, things that people are just nervous about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with When it comes to not sort of being able to get access to your employee right away, I'd actually challenge anyone who is a manager to never be in your employee's face and like micromanage. Uh, <laughs> you know, being in the corporate. Touche. Yeah, I mean, like being in the corporate, I, I, I had managed a lot of people and micromanaging never works, right? Yeah, for sure. The only thing that works is you set up key uh, metrics, right? Keep KPIs. Um, you set up the goals for your team and you ask them to deliver, right? And you have ongoing feedback sessions, you know, whatever rocks your boat. You, do you need it weekly? Do you need it quarterly? Do you need it uh, annual sessions? But you always have to have that ongoing uh, performance discussion with your employee, whether they're in Philippines or they're here locally, right? Because you want your employee to deliver something and you want to inspire them, you want to manage them, right? There's a lot of responsibility that comes to the management um, rather than employee themselves, right? Everything starts from the head, right? So I, I kind of put that challenge back and say, it doesn't matter where they are, right? It's how great of a leader you are and how how great do you set them up to succeed, right? And I understand we're in the human business. We have different kinds of personalities and you know some people like to be lazy, others different, right? But it's almost like a little bit of, you know, it reminds me of having a family and having a child, right? That you need to um, create a vision and aspire, right? And, you know, have them deliver certain results, not necessarily how even you want to, for them to be like you, but more necessarily cultivate what's that innate ability in them, what's that uniqueness that can actually deliver great results for your business, right? You want them to be them, and then succeed in, in that employment. And the second question you had, right? It's it's about, um, what was it about performance? Yeah, really just, you know, you, you said, you kind of went through the process, right, already. So you said, hey, we get like 100 applicants. We narrow that down to 25. We interviewed those people. We narrowed right. it down to three. It sounds like from there, then, you know, I would be maybe involved in that, the last little process with the three uh, to be able to choose. But how do you, is there anything else you're doing to ensure top talent or is it just scrubbing their backgrounds and doing the interviews and, and, and that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's already that like funnel pretty much narrows it down to, to the right people. Um, yeah. In the end of the day, we ask for references and, you know, cross check based on um, certain types of kind of like key points that they mentioned during the interview. I'll give you a few examples who we sort of don't hire, right? Um, it could be somebody who, uh, our first question during the interview is always, tell me more about yourself. Who are you, Todd, in your personal life? I really want to know to get you better, right? So Todd starts talking and Todd says, you know what, Anna, I love motorcycles and I actually have a side gig on, on, on the side. I, I, you know, sell spare parts of motorcycles. And I wish that will just, you know, that that side of my gig, you know, eventually be my full time, uh, you know, project. Yep. Right away, Todd, you, it, it, like even if I continue the interview with you, I just do it for the courtesy. But in my mind, you're not hired. Right. And it's not because you're a bad person. 
But right away, I know that your goals and visions are totally misaligned with who the business owner is looking for, right? They're not looking for an entrepreneur. They're looking for somebody who is actually excited to just kind of work on the task they're given. Right. And there's nothing wrong with having different interests, right? But it's just like you want the the, the two perfect interests to be aligned. This is just like a very yeah, subtle- but, uh, Yeah, their interest is so passionate already and that they're telling you about that in the interview. That just tells you look, they're, yeah. they're only there for the check. And once they get to that point, and even if they don't ever get there, they're just always dreaming about it. They're always distracted. Exactly. And you don't want to destroy the dream of that person, right? Like yeah. it's almost like by letting you go, I'm going to set you free to actually like, yes, go for it. This is yep. your dream and then go for that. Just not every person is going to be dreaming about this, right? Different people are at different stages of their life. And, you know, we're looking for people when we ask the question, what is your long-term goal for, for this job? And most of the time, they actually do look for stability. Because a lot of times in Philippines, for example, where people who mm. work as virtual assistants, they kind of have gig type of work, right? And they go from one client to another. They're looking for stability. I'd love mm. to grow with your company, right? Those are the best candidates, right? Those are the best candidates because we know that they're not looking to hop from one job to another. They're actually looking for that, you know, yes, I want to get paid well, but getting paid well in Philippines is totally different than getting paid in the United States, yeah. right? So we as business owners can definitely afford that. And in a lot of cases, we actually save a lot of money by paying them their great rates, but they're there, they're loyal. They want to deliver results because they want that stability because guess what? They're not getting paid well in their you know, jobs, being a doctor, being a teacher, being even entrepreneur in, in their local economy. What advantage do you bring to the table? I you've already probably talked about some of those things, but what advantage do you bring to the table versus me just going online, going to let's call it Upwork or something like that and just finding a virtual assistant on my own? I actually encourage people to start uh, doing it yourself. And okay. I actually created a course to to teach people to do it themselves, right? That mm -hmm. was my whole notion because when I started, I hired from the agency and I really didn't like the whole concept of the agency. And I'll talk about it later. But, you know, I do encourage people to start themselves just mm -hmm. to understand how complex the process is. Right. And some people just hearing that how many how many candidates I have to interview? hundred. How many candidates do I have to interview? Twenty five. They're just getting overwhelmed by that notion. Right. Yeah. So in the end of the day, you know, if I'm talking to my women audience, I'm going to say, you can do your nails yourself, right? This is the, this is the thing that is accessible. You go buy nail polish and do your nails yourself, or you choose to go to a nail salon and have somebody else do it for you, a professional. Most likely they'll do it better, yeah. right? Just because how often they're doing it, right? Or same thing, like you can maybe build a deck, right? But, you know, you can hire a professional do it for you. It doesn't matter. There's no necessarily right or wrong way. You know, I kind of like highly encourage to for people to start to do it themselves just to understand the whole process. But in the end of the day, if most of my customers are actually busy um, business owners. They're already overwhelmed, right? So they don't mind actually to outsource that portion because it's the, that's the whole process, right? Like I'm already getting into mindset of outsourcing. I might as well outsource that part. Yeah, I mean- you have to understand what, why are you hiring in the first place? It's because exactly. you need to hire people because you're, you're too busy or because you want to grow your company. Well, 
are you doing yourself your a favor by taking on that process by yourself when there's somebody out there that does this day in and day out that can do a much better job and really narrow down that talent pool. Um, the other thing I really like about what kind of how you started talking about this is like, like, look, it, I might think I need somebody uh, and I do need somebody, but it might be somebody different than what I first envisioned. And when I talk to somebody who does this day in and day out, they might go, well, wait a second, you know, like you said you want this, but this is what you need. Um, And so there's that narrowing kind of into that, hey, this is where you need to go. And then these are the people you need and and we are supplying that for you. So I I do like that whole kind of narrowing process that, that you provide as well. Yeah, absolutely. We, I, 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 my whole goal is actually, I'm not in the business of virtual assistant sourcing. I'm in the business of giving you time and giving you freedom. Hmm. So my goal is in the end of the day, uh, the, the business owner texts me in two months and, and they say, thank you so much because I can do X, Y, Z, right? That's, yeah. that's where I'm going after. I'm not going after a quick sale because I actually derail sometimes people from hiring. And, and I'll give you an example of who I recommend not to fire. It's somebody who is literally just starting out and they have no concept of like people management. Maybe they're not even a parent. They haven't ever tried working with people. And they think that by hiring somebody, somebody will come and save them. And then I say, this is not the right mindset. You are the leader. You have to guide your people. You have to understand what your goals are. Try to optimize your why and and what's what is your business? What business are you really in? Try to set up the KPIs even for yourself. Try to do it with me before a couple of months, right? Just so you understand what it's like, and only then hire people. Like only then come back to me, right? So, my goal is just to really guide business owners to take the right step. Yeah, I love that. What's a what's a mistake that you've made? It can be in this business, or it can be in a di- different uh, business. But what's a mistake that you've made, and, and how have you learned from it? Uh, I constantly still do this mistake, and I feel like all all, all of us are you know human like and, and still do it. I personally uh, still struggle with outsourcing fast enough. Right, mm. I may still find myself oh I'm tweaking something on my website. And then my my other Anna is telling me, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. So you just outsource building of the whole website. It's up and running. But now that you need website support and, and I'm and I'm doing it myself. Right. Yeah. So um, I am sort of my own preacher. Right. So whenever I find myself doing something that I a either don't enjoy or it just takes a lot of my time, you know, I, I just need to kind of still tell myself higher now, right? So um, I I tend to wait for the system to break, right? And I used to have that mindset. It's kind of very agile process in, in the corporate world, right? Where you're trying to be very lean. Um, and a lot of the business owners have to be lean, right? Otherwise you can just waste a lot of money and maybe on marketing, whatever it is. So, um, you know, sometimes I have to find a balance between being agile and lean and, and actually, you know, hiring uh fast enough to um sort of like uh, procure growth for my for my own company 
So, and, and it's almost like growing pain, right? As, as, as we all have, you know, growing up in, 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 in any business, you have a growing pain. So sometimes you tend to overhire and sometimes you tend to underhire. So for me, it's kind of finding that balance and, you know, still guiding myself through that process is probably, I'd say that I don't see that as a mistake necessarily, but I see that as, you know, part that I'm still learning myself to finesse. Yeah. I don't think I've ever made the mistake of overhiring. It's always underhiring. And it's always like, after I make that hire, I'm like, why did I wait so long to do that? Like I should have done that six, 12 <laughs> or even longer, 24 months ago. You know, it's like, man, why, why didn't I make that uh, hire so much earlier? It's amazing. I think one of my uh, especially early on, one of my biggest hesitations to hiring people was that it's going to cost me money and can I afford to do it? Um, but the answer has always been, I make more money when I hire somebody, when I hire people, I end up making more money than before I hired them. They take those tasks and they free up time to make more money. And so it's always the question always answers itself is, yeah, you can afford to hire that person because your company will grow. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the only time that I see business owners actually not benefiting from from hiring or over hiring is um, honestly, it's normally like some sort of startup venture. Typically, it's real estate. Somebody watched the course. And they hired, oh, I'm going to just hire like five mm. people. They're going to be calling and I'm going to get so many leads. They get burnt out through their marketing budget pretty fast. And part of their marketing budget is people who are either, you know, doing a cold outreach or whatever it is. So yeah. that's that's what I'm seeing. And I actually see this not necessarily with business owners that I'm talking. I'm seeing it on the other on the other end with virtual assistants. The most common answer, especially in real estate, because we hire in different industries, but in real estate specifically, the uh, appointment setters or cold callers or text or whatever it is, their most common answers for why they're no longer with the client they are is that their client went out of business. Mm. They, they hired too fast, too soon because they watched the course. And it's an unfortunate reality we're in right now. Everyone, you know, is an expert. They, you yeah. know, talk about how to invest in real estate and inspire people. I mean, it's great for people to take risks and, you know, go for it, but um, this is where the other end of the balance, right? Some people kind of get stuck in their analysis paralysis and never start. Other people just go like dive in and, and they don't have any base. Right? Yeah. I th you, you definitely need the base, right? It's, it's not, it's certainly not just going higher. Uh, you need the base. You you need to have something going on before. If you have no income coming in, if you have no business, then you have no business of hiring people because you have to feel like you. you my that's just um, really that's that's not being responsible to the people you're hiring either. Right? If if you're hiring a bunch of people but you've got no sort of business going you're you're being irresponsible to them they don't deserve that so have something going and then and then hire. you have to have some sort of traction and i i believe right. um so how many how many uh vas do you have currently that working for you um i have vas in different teams because i run multiple businesses so mm -hmm. any any business can have you know anywhere between actually one to five vas 
Um, and sometimes it's not even full-time. Sometimes I have part-time people and other times I have more like a project base or when I just go to them when I need them, right? IT is a great example. Um, but you don't, honestly, you don't need that many people. We live in the era where with the help of AI, you just need a little bit of that human interaction to use um, a lot of the power that's available to you. Yeah. I just recently read an article that we're going to start experiencing more and more companies that uh, become billion dollar companies with one or three people. Yeah. So, and we're going to have to, um, if you just yeah. look at the labor pool, especially in the US, but I thought really all around the, the world, the labor pool is getting smaller as people are aging. Um, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to have to. Yeah. But I mean, the technology, no matter how, how much people kind of talk about AI in a negative way, um, technology is there to help us. And like, if you yeah. look at it from the right perspective, um, I personally utilize AI and have my virtual assistants to to use it, right? Like I encourage them, you know, whether it's chat GPT or creating images in the journey, whatever it is. Mm. Um, I I want to sort of like double down on the power of VA plus AI. For me, kind of that's the formula nowadays, VAs plus AI. So, and I want to pivot, uh, but before I do, I want to let you say anything else about the uh the outsourcing, the the VA work. Is there anything else that you want to add that you think our listeners need to hear? Yeah, absolutely. You you kind of asked me a question about why people won't hire themselves, right? And I said, please do do hire yourself and try it out. Um, my my other point was about agencies, and I do want to kind of highlight the two two different models and why I chose the model that we have. Um, when I personally started hiring virtual assistants, I went to agencies, um, I was sold on the premise, we're going to manage your VAs for you, right? I was like, great, I have a full-time job and I'm you know, pretty busy myself. I don't have time to um, hire and manage and whatever, right? So that was amazing. Um, and their, their financial model is that they maybe charge you double the rate and they're hiring the VA, you sort of kind of get the VA from them. Um, so the two lessons that I've learned is the management of the VA is it is it is a it, it's non-existent, right? Like it's almost like a joke because in the end of the day, I have to manage the manager for the manager to be, uh, manage the VA. There's a lot that's lost in translation. Um, I found it through talking to a lot of other business owners and investors that they're all experiencing the same issue. And the other part is, you know, the, the model of sort of like subscription model per se, right? You kind of pay to the agency and the agency pays the VA. Uh, the model is not really sustainable only because the VAs are getting severely underpaid. And then the, the business has to kind of stay in business by charging the higher rate from the business owner. Um, I, one of the examples I used to pay $10 and the VA was getting, I don't know how much, but, you know, I just experienced the high turnover. And one of my last people just left abruptly without telling me anything, without telling the agency anything. And then two weeks later, he came back to me and said, Anna, listen, like I was really underpaid. So sorry for leaving you. But, you know, if you hire me directly, I'll gladly, you know, get $4 an hour and I'll be yours forever kind of thing. And I was like, oh, my God, how much did they really pay them? Right. It's definitely under four. So maybe $3 or $2. And the market rate on average is about five. So I, I kind of wanted to put it out there, um, you know, what options are there and why they personally didn't work for me. You know, maybe they're still working for somebody else, but 
virtual assistants, they're also people that are in the market, they understand their worth. So I, I prefer the model that we implemented. We just charge for the process at one time fee, right? And then the virtual assistant works directly for the uh, business owner. And I like that concept because the responsibility of management is with the right person, with the manager and responsibility of payment and rewards and everything else stays with them and then a VA works directly for them. So just wanted to highlight that um, just to keep that in mind. Yeah, obviously, uh, I, I actually like that model. I've looked at the other model um, and I haven't uh, hired anybody through that other model, but I like if if this is my employee, I want to be in charge of that employee. Uh, and I think it cuts out that middleman. It's it's the difference between hiring a temp service, right? Uh, to find, you know, your somebody to work for you and hiring a, you know, um, what 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 do they got? I'm losing the word, but somebody who goes out and a recruiter, sorry, um right, you know, hiring a recruiter and you know, that's kind of you're the you're the recruiter essentially uh, model versus the agency is is you know the temp agency model um and there's a big difference in my opinion uh, as far as the control potentially the quality and as you said the pay too um you don't get to control the pay they control the pay and they they are charging you on top of that so you don't really know what your employees are getting paid right and that creates a biggest biggest, biggest cost for you uh, in the form of a, not even the difference of the pay, but the turnover. Turnover sure. is the highest expense for anyone. Yeah. Well, especially when, uh, and that that's a huge expense, obviously. And that's what it has been a hesitation of mine to hire a virtual assistant, as I said in the beginning. Um, and, and I hired one virtual assistant and that was a very short uh, time because the turnover was really quick. Um, and turnover is a huge expense and a huge pain, quite frankly, if I train somebody and all of a sudden they start doing a good job, I want to keep them. And if they, yeah. if they leave, then I got to retrain somebody else and exactly. then we gotta go through the whole process again. And, you know, it, it, day one is always different than, you know, day 365. Right. Uh, so I'm going to get somebody much better at day 365 than the, the first day. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, and I got a couple last questions before we wrap up. Uh, what's a favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners? Oh boy. I'm going through <laughs> a notion of kind of my favorite book for the year. Um, right now I'm reading um, more, more like of a spiritual book and my, my, my mother tongue is Russian. So it's the book Two Lives, and it just kind of talks about um, just a whole notion of um, living and 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 kind of seeing the. It's not even the positive stuff. It's kind of bringing joy and happiness to the world, right? By mm. by being joyful and happy yourself. So I'm I'm sort of kind of brewing in that uh, at the moment, but, you know, you know, for your listeners in, in, in terms of kind of real estate or investing or, you know, business operations, there's just so much, so many books out there. I, it's, it's really hard to like narrow down. Um, uh, but I always kind of go back to basics, right. Think and grow rich. Mm. I always go back to the mentality and mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have all the, you know, bells and whistles and the tools and they're amazing and they're right at the right time. But if you don't have your mindset 
you know, yeah. ready to go in the right place, uh, you can just continue to be in a certain cycle and, you know, maybe repeat the same mistakes over and over. So I always go so back true. to more of a mindset books. Yeah. Love it. Um, all right. Last question before we wrap, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Pillars of wealth. Um, for me, wealth uh, is in myriad of different things. It's not necessarily just, you know, financial wealth, uh, but I kind of have like this model in my head, um, listened to Joe Dispenza a few times and kind of created like almost like circles uh, for like wheels for my life, right? But I would say like three to four and, and I normally start with love and connection. So for me, wealth starts with love and connection with people and, you know, nature and everything else um then goes with health and energy and you know you're you can't be wealthy if you're not healthy right so i think that's very important um i'll skip the third one for a second and i'll go to the uh to the my last one which is abundance and abundance in anything and everything but that's that's where the materialistic and the financial abundance comes into play and uh, you know, my husband and I have different strategies when we go about it, but we always prefer to have uh, both the active and passive models. We don't just kind of stick with one. Um, and my fourth, it's kind of like that bonus is I just want to be always excited as a child, right? You know, childlike excitement always, you know, fascinates me just watching my children too, being excited by looking at the bug or whatever it is. So for me, it's kind of creating um, life miracles uh, in the form of that childlike excitement. Yeah, I lo love that, that curiosity that the children have. And I can remember my son, and yeah, you can probably tell story after story too, but uh, I remember my son when he was younger at Christmas and he would get a gift or a birthday, whatever, and he'd get a gift and he would just be so excited. He'd be yelling at the top and it, half the time he didn't even know what it was. And he'd just be like, so excited. Yes, this is the best gift ever. And then he'd open the next gift and it would be the exact same thing. He was yeah. just so excited. <laughs> every gift that he opened, of course, it made you feel like you're awesome because you gave these great gifts. But every he did it to every single thing. It's like that childlike excitement, just excited for everything new yes. and different and, you know embracing yeah. it so I, I tell you more we have friends who just had a baby you know um, their son is about five five months old and just looking through his eyes to the world of just like being interested in color or other mm. children or something else it's not even like anything necessarily kind of like that yeah. we buy or just like a, yeah. a wind passing by and then that kid is just being just what like... just happened the whole world just changed <laughs> so i'm all about kind of you know paying attention to the little moments in our life and you know because otherwise i feel like we're always going to be chasing that you know keeping up with joneses and yeah. it's never enough kind of thing uh but going back to basics of what makes us happy that's that's where my kind of wealth creation sits i love it love it yeah i really appreciate it um how can our listeners get in touch with you? Learn more about what you got going on and uh, maybe reach out. Yeah, uh, you can check out my website. Uh, it's outsourceyourtasks.com or just email me, Anna at outsourceyourtasks.com. And uh, I'd love to answer any questions. If you go on my website, you can actually set up a 30-minute consultation with me. It's absolutely free. I'd love to talk with you. If you're stuck, you know, going through, you know, that conversation that you and I just talked about, help you navigate what to do next. I'd, I'd love to um, just talk about it. 
Awesome. Anna, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much. Lots of great information here. And you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you so much. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.